You are listening to the Deep Sea Mining Aquacast, brought to you by the Aquarium of the Pacific. Long the subject of sci-fi stories and movies, mining for minerals in the deep ocean has suffered from both economic and technological barriers. In recent years, however, the discovery of commercially viable concentrations of gold, copper, zinc, and silver on the sea floor, rising commodity prices for metals, depletion of terrestrial sources of minerals, and maturing underwater technology have moved deep-sea mining from the realm of speculative fiction to an impending reality. The independent state of Papua New Guinea, located on the edge of the Bismarck and Solomon Seas in the southwestern Pacific Ocean, may become the first nation to authorize the extraction of deep-sea minerals in commercial quantities. Nautilus Minerals of Canada currently holds development licenses from Papua New Guinea for exploration and mining at what the corporation calls Solwara 1, a site located in the Manus Basin of the Bismarck Sea. The goal of the Solwara 1 project is to mine seafloor massive sulfides, minerals deposited by deep-sea hydrothermal vents. Like geysers on land, hydrothermal vents form as water flowing through cracks in the Earth's crust, is heated by magma. The superheated water, rich with minerals, emerges from the seafloor and is cooled by the frigid deep ocean water. The minerals, suspended in the superheated flow, then collect as large sulfide deposits on the seafloor. It is these sulfide deposits containing concentrated base and precious metals, which Nautilus and other deep ocean prospectors propose to mine. As with terrestrial mining operations, extracting minerals from the deep sea involves environmental impacts that must be managed. One of the serious problems associated with seafloor mining is that the environment itself is poorly understood. Making informed decisions regarding the severity of those impacts and appropriate methods for mitigation extremely challenging. Deep-sea hydrothermal vents are home to unique biological communities, first discovered in 1977. How these biological communities survive and reproduce is an active field of research, but many fundamental questions about these organisms and the relationships between them remain to be answered. One of the proposed mitigation measures to reduce potential impacts to organisms and biological communities in the deep ocean is to mine sulfides only from inactive vent sites. However, oceanographers are concerned that the sediments generated by mining operations may be carried by deep currents to active vents, damaging both the vents and the organisms that depend on them. Marine biologists question the effects mining the deep sea will have on dispersal of organisms between active and inactive sites and on organisms that live on and in the surrounding sea floor. The potential value of these organisms for biotechnology and pharmaceutical applications is a commercial consideration as well. Many basic research questions about the ecology of vent and seafloor communities need to be answered before firm conclusions about the impacts of deep-sea mining on the ecosystem of the ocean floor can be made. The pace of mining operations may surpass that of the research necessary to understand these impacts. You've been listening to the Deep Sea Mining Aquacast, brought to you by the Aquarium of the Pacific.